what's the headline that you want people to know about you? Welcome to the She Speaks podcast, a podcast created to elevate women's voices across diverse backgrounds on topics impacting women. I'm your host, Aliza Freud, founder and CEO of She Speaks. Each week, I have a conversation with a woman expert who shares her best how-to advice on a topic so we can learn how to better do that one thing from a woman who's been there and done that. Our hope is that these conversations help you feel more inspired to speak up and be heard in your own life and work. Now, on to the episode. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're all having a wonderful week so far. So I am excited to share with you today's episode because I talk with Aliza Licht. Yes, same first name as me. So we had no trouble pronouncing each other's first names. But Aliza is a best-selling author. She is an award-winning marketer, a podcaster, a personal branding expert, and she has a new book that just recently came out called Leave Your Mark. And One of the things that Aliza is just so incredibly talented is in helping to build your personal brand. Like, who are you? What are you all about? What do you want the world to think about you? And she started her career in the fashion industry. She started an anonymous social media account that became a phenomenon when she worked for Donna Karen. And that was DKNYPR Girl was the name of that account. And it really showed very early on in the social media sphere how Aliza understood the power of social media and branding and why it was so important for people to have their own brands and in terms of who we are and what we mean and what we want people to think about us. So I'm excited for you to this conversation because Aliza really talks about what are some of the important things that we each need to know about how people perceive us, whether you think of yourself as a public figure or not, you know, how do people think about us? And that really is ultimately our brand. So I'm going to let you hear a conversation with Aliza Licht. Here we go. We're going to jump right into it. I'm excited to have you on the show today. I'm so Welcome to, to the be show. Here. Thank you. Oh, so great. And we were just talking about the fact that we both have the name Aliza. It is spelled not phonetically like that. So we live with a very a lot of very similar experiences. I have actually been an admirer of your work for years. I did not know though that you were the person behind the DKNY PR gal. Yeah. So this is going to be a really fun conversation because I think it marries so much of what our audience is interested in. One, which is just kind of generally what insight can we take from whoever our guest is about how to do something better in their life and to just make things work better, which I think you are going to be able to do that so well for people in terms of how to help build a personal brand. No matter who you are, you don't have to be in marketing. You can be anybody in life and just have the better understanding of how you're perceived and how you want to be perceived and how you might change that. And I love that about your new book. But also I think for all of the people who, from my prior life as a marketer, I have so many people here on LinkedIn, people who or work in marketing. And I think they're going to find your insights about branding yourself, branding in general, really interesting. So thank you for being here. 
Thank you, Elisa. I'm so excited to be here. Well, let's talk about how it all started. You were on social media, building your presence on social media, but not as you. You were sort of a, one of the first, I know Dumois now is, has like been like this social handle that nobody knew who it was. Who was it? Who was it? You did that well before Dumois did it. So let's talk about how it got started for you. What made you start the handle and tell us a little bit about your background. My background is fashion. I spent 17 years working for the amazing Donna Karen and I worked in corporate PR. And in 2009, we were sitting around a marketing meeting, like you've sat around many times, thinking about this newish platform called Twitter that brands might consider going on. So this was really another time in this world. And I was concerned, you know, as a publicist, we had a founder named Donna Karen, but the brand was also Donna Karen. So when I thought about, okay, who's tweeting on behalf of this company, people will assume it's her. And that creates a whole host of problems. So it was the height of Gossip Girl, the original. And I said, you know, why do people need to know who it is? Why can't it be this anonymous social media personality? And we can do it through the lens of public relations because we produce the fashion shows, we dress celebrities, we work with editors. It seemed like a great lens to put the brand through and to give people a fly on the wall view. And when we pitched it to our general counsel, they said, great idea, but only one person can do it. Eliza, since you're the senior vice president of global communications, you will be the only person with a login. And I was like, okay, didn't know what that meant, but sure. And I just wow. started tweeting. Mm. I did not realize that you had started it for DKNY. Yes. I thought it was you kind of like giving people a peek behind the lens of what it's like, because a lot of the content you shared, which I think was so successful, helped it become so successful, was a day in the life. Well, thank you for pointing that out, because what I can tell you, and it was very intuitive, especially in the beginning, what I learned from tweeting as DKY PR girl was it's better not to sell anything. Mm. And if you tell a great story, you're going to mm. reach your audience. And that is what I set out to do. And yes, I created a personal brand within a brand for a company. So in 2015, you started thinking about, okay, I've been doing this corporate job and loving it. But what happened then? What happened in 2015 for you? Well, part of what I started to do other than share the behind the scenes of my job in PR on Twitter was mentor. Mm -hmm. People would DM me asking for how they could break into fashion, how they can break into public relations. And I was dishing out a lot of advice. And in 2013, I came out as the person behind the Twitter handle in, in 2011, two years later, which is crazy when you think about it. And in 2013, I was approached to write a book. So I wrote Leave Your Mark, which was a career mentorship and my way of grabbing coffee. That's why it's a coffee cup with red lips on the cover, because that's my morning coffee. I, I wanted to be able to grab coffee with everyone who DM me asking for career advice in a global way and at scale. So I yeah. wrote that book and it came out in May 2015. And at that point, I had been there 17 years and the company was going through a transition. We got a new CEO a couple months prior. 
Donna Karen ended up stepping down herself. My mentor stepped down, Patty Cohen. And it just felt different. And it felt like I always throughout my whole career, I've always looked for a good stopping point. Like even with studying in school, like when do I feel like I can stop for the day? Mm -hmm. So this felt like a good stopping point. And, and I was really able to tie my career up in a bow and it was the right time to leave. And you've talked about the fact that you were leaving and there was an excitement associated with that, but also a fear of, okay, what's next? knowing that you were leaving behind this persona, you basically had helped build and just built so much momentum behind it. And you needed to rebrand. You needed to brand yourself. Talk a little bit about that process for you. One of the principles that I write about in Leave Your Mark, my first book, and I carried over to On Brand is this thing that I coined last name syndrome. So if you work for a company and you work for a prestigious company, sometimes your name becomes your company's name. So I was Aliza from DKNY. I'm sure back in the day, Aliza, you were Aliza from American Express or wherever people work. And there's a lot of positives to that. You're leveraging the credibility of your company. It makes your name mean something. But part of what I wanted to do, especially in on-brand, was double down on the idea that every single person has a responsibility to make their name mean something on their own. And the reason that is, is because the experience is yours. You have the skills. It doesn't matter where you take your toolkit of skills, they are yours. So when I was leaving the company and I was faced, I'll never forget it, that first Monday of 2016, I was like, wow, I'm no longer an executive at a company in luxury fashion retail that was owned by LVMH at the time. Mm -hmm. I no longer have millions of followers because I was never confused. I knew those were never my followers. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really understand my personal identity. And I really sat down and I thought, I said to myself, well, what do I want to be known for now? Mm -hmm. So on brand starts off with how I strategized to rebrand myself from a corporate PR person into an entrepreneur, author, and podcaster. Yeah. Well, you talk in the book about one of the first steps to deciding how you want to brand yourself is to have some self-reflection. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about self-reflection because it's a topic that we hear about a lot from our community of women that people understand the importance, but they don't know how to do it. Can you talk a little bit about why self-reflection is so important and then some tips for how women can go about doing it? Great. So in every single tactic has what's called mental gymnastics exercises. Mm -hmm. And literally there's workbook pages in the book. So you can actually do the thought process as you're reading along. Mm -hmm. Self-reflection starts with what is your North Star goal? What is all of this in service of, right? You have to understand what your intention is first and foremost. And then you can ask yourself, what do you want to be known for? And one of the things that I really try to make clear in this book is that this is not about becoming an influencer or being famous, unless it's something you strive to be. This is about making sure you understand who you are, who you want to be, and to make sure other people see you that way. So it starts with asking yourself, like for the people that you surround yourself with, 
what is, and this is my old PR habits die hard, what's the headline that you want people to know about you mm -hmm. so that they can effectively be your publicist when you're not in the room? Yeah. What a great way to think about that. And I want to talk a little bit too about this idea. I'll tell you that one of the things I really didn't love about corporate America was the idea that perception was reality. I had a, I struggled with that, right? Mm -hmm. How people were perceived, like, because you could have one or two interactions with someone and there's a perception that's created from that. And I remember feeling like, do they really know who I am? But once you get out, even outside of corporate America, in your personal life, every part of your life, people have a perception of who you are. It is the reality of the situation. So this idea that you talk about, about with regard to perception is reality. And this is something that I know publicists know really well, maybe other, some of the rest of us struggle with this concept, but can you talk about how you can change perception of who you are? First, you have to know what the perception is. So one of the first exercises in the book is a series of questions that you ask yourself. And then I show you how to create a survey that you can send to trusted people in your network for them to answer the same set of questions about yourself. And the magic is really when the words that come back to you are the same words that you use to describe yourself. So if you think about what's my superpower, and then you have that answer in your head, and then you ask your trusted colleagues or your family, friends, what they think your superpower is. If those answers are the same, you are, you're doing great. But the reality is most times it's not, and that's okay too. And that is the purpose of going through these exercises. When I left Donna Karen, my biggest challenge was that I was known as a publicist, but I didn't want to do PR anymore. So when we talk about transitioning into a new area of business, the first thing you have to do is shape your narrative so that you can effectively communicate what it is you're trying to do. And then that starts with shaping it yourself and then communicating it to your network. And that's what I did. What are the most important parts of creating your own brand, right? So we talked about the fact that having a brand is kind of for everyone because it's not just about someone who wants to be an influencer, let's say a social media influencer or a celebrity, but even in your personal life, how do people perceive you? What do you want people to think about you? I think we all have to think broadly about yes. what it means to have a brand. And it's just boiling it down to what do people think of you and is it consistent with what you want them to think? So having said that, what are some of the most important parts of creating a strong brand? What do people need to do? Absolutely. So the first thing is the audit, right? Really understanding what are your brand assets today? What does your LinkedIn page look like? What is your bio read like? Do you have a website? Do you have a portfolio? Like where are you showing up professionally? And really taking a step back and thinking to yourself, like, is this what I want to show up as? You know, a lot of people don't take advantage of the many places they can brand themselves. So number one, there are so many people on LinkedIn who don't actually include their last name. 
they have their initial. So first and foremost, let's be proud of our names and make sure our names mean something. Your personal website or your portfolio is the only place on the internet where you have 100% share of voice. You're not controlled by an algorithm and you have the opportunity to present yourself in the optimal way you want to. So many people don't take advantage of that. Another aspect of low-hanging fruit is your email signature, your personal email signature. How many people waste that real estate with sent from my iPhone or excuse typos? That is a place where you can actually deliver who you are on a silver platter, you know, listen to the latest episode of my podcast, read the article I just wrote, order my book. All of those things are opportunities for you. And what I'm doing is I'm just packaging all of this opportunity into a handy guide in on brand. It's not brain surgery, right? It's more understanding what's at your disposal for you to actually shape your own narrative. Yeah. Well, and I think the the other part that you talk about in the book is the value of building relationships. Can you talk a little bit about what is the value of your network. And this is something that I think is important that you talk about. It's not thinking about it as a network, but thinking about it as building relationships. So can you talk about the value and then how to do it? Well, I'm so glad you brought this up because I really wanted it to be inclusive and on brand. If you're not someone who wants to be on social media, you can still have a powerful personal brand. I will say LinkedIn is mandatory in my opinion, and I think in your opinion, but When you talk about building authentic relationships, I mean, Susan McPherson is an amazing example of someone who the first question she asked me when I met her is, how can I help you? And she meant it. So building authentic relationships truly is the way that we have professional longevity because we're earning social capital with every relationship. So the more that you're doing favors for people, that you're supporting people, that you're amplifying other people, it comes back in spades. And there's easy tactics. I mean, how easy is it to say to someone, hey, we haven't caught up in a while. What are you working on? How can I support you? And in terms of that generosity of spirit, I think is the thing that many of us in the business context, when you say to someone, go out and build your network, I think for a lot of us, that it just makes you feel like not something you want to do. But when you think about it as I'm just building a relationship and with the approach of how can I be useful, going back to your original point about starting with self-reflection, what are you in service of? Who are you and what do you stand for? If you bring that to the table in that generosity of spirit, it's one of the most important things probably for building relationships because it's going to come across as authentic and real. Yes. And another tip is, you know, a lot of brands employ surprise and delight tactics with their Mm. customers, right? Mm -hmm. One of my most favorite things to do, especially if people around me have communicated what they're looking for is have it in my head. So this week, for example, I saw a job listing for a role that I thought was really appropriate for someone that I haven't spoken to in three months. And I just reached out and I said, hey, I saw this job listing. It sounds exactly like you. Maybe you'd be interested in applying. And she did. And she was really grateful. So surprising and delighting your friends and the people that you care about 
is another great way to build authentic yeah. relationships. I, you know, Aliza, you're just reminding me of something else that I know you talk about related to the book that I think is a really important point, which is that people need to recognize, you talk about how do you elegantly promote yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of women in particular, I have heard this from, we don't feel comfortable touting our successes, our victories, whatever it is. But the idea of elegantly promoting your successes, what you've done is so important because otherwise people don't know about them. Can you talk a little bit about this notion that that is, is also a reality, which is people are not sitting around thinking about, oh, what did Elisa accomplish this week? What did she accomplish this month? What did she accomplish this month? No, they're definitely not thinking about that. Well, I'm like, that's reality. So do you see the spotlight on the cover? Yes. What is the spotlight? That is the cover. The cover is, has a spotlight on it. It's not just right now. Yeah. Because I want people to learn how to put a spotlight on themselves because waiting around for people to notice that you're good at something is not a strategy. Mm. I want you to be your own hero, but and this is a big but, not to the extent that you become the villain. Mm. So what I recommend in strategically and elegantly sharing your wins is one, if you can make the win bigger than yourself, if you can include other people who have helped along the way or who also deserve the moment, do that. But more than that, for every one time that you're sharing a win, go out and proactively support or amplify five other people. Mm, I love that. So let's say something great has happened. You've accomplished something great and you want to share that. Do you also include others who have helped you accomplish this thing in that, let's in that post, let's say, where you're going to share this news? Sometimes, because mm-hmm. I think it it depends what we're talking about. So if you get an award, for example, for something, yes, I think you absolutely would want to acknowledge other people. Mm-hmm. If you're promoting something like Saturday morning after I did Good Morning America, the book went down to 217 on Amazon, which I was like, wait, what? That was crazy. So in that moment, I just <clears throat> wanted to thank everyone who had pre-ordered. So there wasn't a specific name dropping in that sense. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, one of the ways we can do this is when you're scrolling through your timelines, wherever you are in LinkedIn or another social platform, if you see that someone has shared something that they're excited about, drop them a comment, maybe amplify what they've said. Mm -hmm. I started doing this really fun thing every Friday. It's called leaving their mark list. Mm. And basically I scrub my timelines for people who have had an epic week, whether they've launched something or something wonderful happened. And I have a list of people who are leaving their mark. And I also have a link where people can drop me their wins if they're not comfortable to share it, which is another way. It's like leveraging your network, maybe someone, a a trusted colleague. Like if you want your manager, for example, to know something that you've done, maybe behind the scenes, you're like, hey, I really want my manager to know I did this, but I feel really weird talking about it. Would you help me amplify it? And is there something that I can help you amplify? So there's a lot of behind the scenes support that can go on for people who aren't as comfortable sharing. Yeah. I love this advice too, in thinking about, you know, 
how do you build your network? It all, it's all connected. How do you build your network? How do you build your brand? How do you do these things? If you approach it with a generous spirit, as you mm-hmm. talked about earlier, you're going to be so much more successful because it's not just about you and you don't want your brand to come across like it's just about you. Of course. You want your brand to be more inclusive. So I love, I love that advice. Well, Elisa, let me ask you, what do you want people to take away from this book? You have great interviews in it. It's a great how-to manual. What do you want them to take away from it? To understand how they're showing up professionally, mm-hmm. they're missing an opportunity. And it's work that may seem uncomfortable, but I promise you it's not and it's easy. And I believe that what I've put into On Brand are really small, digestible, bite-sized goals that you can nibble and go along slowly and really self-reflect and see yourself in a new way. Because my favorite question for any single person to ask themselves is, why not me? Yeah. Like, why shouldn't it be you? Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, Elisa, if people want to follow you and learn more about your great work, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, LinkedIn, obviously I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, wherever, my website, elisalick.com. The book is on brand. So I'm very excited. And thank you so much, Elisa, for giving me the platform to talk about this. My pleasure. It's such a joy to hear more about what you're doing and also the recognition that the way you're approaching it is from a place of being in service and the importance of that in terms of how we think about what we want to do. So thank you for spending this time. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at Until next time.